This podcast is Into the Airbnb, and I am Jesok. Today's guest is Rene. She co-hosts Six Properties at Greenville in South Carolina. Co-hosting here means she primarily runs someone else's property and gets 20% commission from revenue. She also runs a marketing agency for Airbnb hosts. It's www.bnb.smartway.com. Her listing is called Open Hearst Cottage 3 miles to downtown plus Furman. It is generating $46,000 in revenue after paying cleaning fee, service charge to Airbnb and supplies. Considering this type of property can be bought at below $200,000, it is an impressive rental yield. Hi everyone, I'm Renee. Um, I've been an Airbnb host since August of 2018. Um, and I first discovered Airbnb and became passionate about it when I was in 2015, right after I got married. Me and my husband were having trouble affording a honeymoon and we were able to, um, someone told us about Airbnb and we were able to find a place to stay. And I fell in love with the idea and knew that I wanted to do that one day. Um, had no idea it was going to become kind of my full-time job at that point. Um, but later we ended up, um, buying a house. And um, when we looked for that house, I wanted to make sure that I had a space that I could separate from our living space and do Airbnb. So the house we bought actually had a built-out attic space with a separate entrance. So we could do a one-bedroom, one-bathroom listing from our home that was an entire guest suite. It took me about a year to convince my husband to let me start. But we did begin renting that place out in... um like I said, August of 2018. And I rented that place until it just closed up for an interesting reason at the end of January of this year. Um, but it had great reviews. We had a really consistent bookings and we did about $1,200 a month in revenue at that property, which was fantastic. Um, as I continued hosting with at that property, I began to learn a little bit more or wondered why my property wasn't high, as high in the search rankings as it was when I first started. Um, and why my bookings were slowing down about a few months into it. So I ended up developing an advertising technique that allowed me to keep my properties um, higher in the search ranking. So after testing that for six to nine months, I ended up um, offering that service to other hosts in May of 20, I guess, 2019. Yeah. And so I ended up offering that to other hosts and started kind of trying to do that alongside having my one Airbnb. So one day, one of those clients that I did advertising for told me that she didn't own any of her properties, that she was a co-host. I had looked into co-hosting, but wasn't entirely sure that, you know, it was going to be something I wanted to do. Um, But she explained it well to me and really helped to train me. Her name's Lauren Meeks, and she has a course called Co-Host Accelerator. And she really helped um, teach me how to be a co-host. And so what I ended up doing after that, that was in September of this past year. So just September of 2019, I decided I wanted to be a co-host. And I got my first property that I managed in um, October. And since then till today, I have done that with five other properties. So actually, sorry, six other properties, because now I don't have mine. So I really had seven at one point. Um, but my original one is no longer listed. So I've had a lot of success with that. I've been able to get a lot of great reviews and really replicate all that I've learned with my home into providing really comfortable, safe places where people always say, you know, she thought of everything. And I was able to do that very affordably for my, for my, for my property 
property owners by furnishing everything, bringing it to my standards. And I have a great cleaner I work with and we take care of everything for our owners. So that's what we've been doing. Interesting. You said you are co-hosting with other people and how does it work? So basically what happens is they end up signing a contract with me for at least three months. Um, I get 20% of all of the bookings and that is before um, the Airbnb fees are taken out. And that doesn't include the cleaning fee. What happens is I help to set up the property to the way I like it, either by adding linens or by completely furnishing it from from start to finish. We've done that before. Um, and then I list the property under my name on Airbnb as, as with me as the primary host. Um, so really I'm not technically the co-host. I'm technically the, the primary host and I'm managing it for them. And so I list that on there and, um, and run it just like I would any of my other listings. And then I use your Porter income reports to help me at the end of the month to separate out all of the income that I got from each property. And then they have a, a, a thing that allows me to show what's my 20% and what's the 80% for the host. So in the first of every month, I send direct deposit checks to all of the owners with their 80% and I keep the 20%. I also purchase all the supplies and things or like small repairs I'll handle as well. Um, and then just deduct those from the final total that I give to my property owner. So it basically becomes very passive for the owner where they just sit back and collect the checks while we handle um, all the day-to-day running of the Airbnb and all the advertising. And it really allows us to present a solid brand to our clientele. They know that if they stay in a Westbrook hospitality home, that it's going to have a certain feel and a certain brand. So that's really helped us um, keep guests coming back and has helped us get great reviews. I see. When I had a look on the listing that you provided, I that w- that was with seven, 76% occupancy rate for next month. Which uh, was for the last high. month, yeah. Right. And is it $200 per night in average? Um, I think that... Is that what I told you? I'd have to go check again. <laughs> Let me see what our average was last month. I can find out real quick. Actually, in February, we were at 93% occupancy. Wow. Right? (laughs) But it was a lower average nightly rate because um, we had a longer term booking. Let me see. It might have been. March was looking really good until uh, everything changed. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess it's, I guess my statistics are all editing um here as they change yeah the 76 was probably for this month before cancellations before cancellations i think we are set to have 76 percent at 170 um occupancy or average revenue per night um but yeah that all changed so but that is our goal with this property is at least 160 and at least 65 percent occupancy so right that leads to somewhere between three thousand five hundred dollars to four thousand or even higher than that amount which is yep I think that's a pretty big number considering yeah. the housing price in Greenville. Yeah, well, the housing prices in Greenville are, are still kind of at the national average. But for, um, for us who've lived here a long time, it is a little high. This house, though, the owner is doing very well on because she was able to buy it and really fix it up. She actually did a lot of, of the design in that house. Um, we just came in and, and did a little bit at the end, but, um, she was able to fix it up. So she doesn't have a lot of expenses in that house. So she's doing really well with that. But yeah, the average price in Greenville is probably around, you know, 200 to 250 now. It used to be 130. Um, but what I normally tell people is if they can buy between, you know, anything under, you know, 200, 
Normally, we can make it work for them after my 20% where they're coming out with a pretty good return on their investment. And so that's another thing I do for my for my property owners is I do give them an estimate of what I think the revenue could be based on the comps in the area so that I can help them make the best decision moving forward. Wow. So that means, right, let's say the housing price is $200,000 and... That that one is for two bedroom house or three that's a bedroom? two one. This one's a two one. Two it bedrooms, does really right? well because of the style, I think, on this one and how updated it is. Right, um, and yeah, you're making four thousand dollars per month, which means that is going to be around um, fifty thousand dollars every year of the just gross profit. Yeah, that's the revenue. Yeah, we got to take out the three percent to Airbnb, and we got to take out you know the twenty percent right. that goes to me. But yeah. The growth should be around there. These are all, like I said, pretty new properties. Yeah. So um, we are working hard to, you know, get them up there. And, and a lot of them were really gaining steam before all this happened. And I think they'll they'll go right back to doing well afterwards. Thankfully, one of our biggest seasons here is actually the fall because um, we have Clemson football as well oh. as like all the leaves. So I'm really hoping that at least by fall, we'll be doing really well again and hopefully... I'm thinking everything will pick up again in July. Though, um, you know, of course, no one can know. What's that service that you're providing? Is it a software? Is it a consulting? Service? No, it's basically we, we run Facebook ads in order to help people keep their search ranking up. So we have a one-time fee um, for creating the ads. And then we can manage it for free for up to six weeks, sometimes a little longer. And then after that, it's just a monthly fee to manage their ad. But basically what we do is we've determined that sending um, traffic through Facebook ads to your Airbnb listing shows interest in the listing and Airbnb will put you higher in the search ranking. So we create an ad for people's listings that we run and, and that will help to keep that search ranking high. Um, this is kind of the easy explanation. And then every week on Monday, we send a report of their current ranking and how their ad is performing. And we work on making that better every week. So I've helped so many hosts. You can see on my website, bnbthesmartway.com. Yeah. You can see all the results that we've gotten for hosts. So we've ta- taken people from, from not being on any of the pages all the way to page one or pa- from page 17 to page one. We've had clients in the UK, Philippines, um, I had a client in Kenya and all over the U.S. So um, we do have free evaluations you can sign up for um, to kind of see if it's even a good fit for you. But that's one of the secrets to kind of keeping my places booked is keeping my properties high on the search rankings so that when people do come to Airbnb and look for a property, I'm one of the first ones that they see. Awesome. Understood. They're paying for the fixed fee or are they, are you charging? They pay a one time fee to me for ad creation and then they pay the face, the advertising cost to Facebook. Um, they don't have to pay a regular monthly maintenance fee. We teach them how to take care of their ad themselves or they can choose, um, to pay us $35 a month after that initial free period. Excuse me. So that we can run it for them. Okay. And what's your software that you're using for your, for running your Airbnbs? Um, I use your porter and turnover BNB mostly. And that's about it. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Oh, and I use price labs. I love price labs. I used wheelhouse before and I switched to price labs in January and I've been really happy with them. They actually have a special pricing tool called coronavirus that they've developed, um, (laughs) an occupancy based pricing system. That is, you know, what they recommend you turn on for right now to try to get some bookings. And I have gotten a, a handful of bookings. But, of course, I'm also looking more at that longer-term situation. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. So I use Price Labs. So those are the three Price Labs, Your Porter and Turnover BNB are the ones I use. I've used, you know, other things besides Turnover BNB, like Google Calendar, but it's just not quite as great as Turnover. And my cleaners really appreciate the efficiency of Turnover BNB and the way it allows them to leave notes and checklists and things like that. So, so that's what we're using. But Your Porter is a lifesaver. They are my channel manager between um, Verbo and Airbnb as well as my automated messaging. I do a lot of automated messaging for check-in information and things right. like that. I use their auto review feature as well for good guests. Um, and it gives me my income reports that I use for accurately figuring out what I owe all of my owners. So that's a huge software that I really love and I use a lot. Don't you have any plans to buy or rent your own properties to run it without doing co-hosting? One day. Yeah, I, I don't have the funds right now to buy my own and I don't have the funds right now to do rental arbitrage and have enough and have enough uh in, in the bank to cover what like three months if coronavirus happens. So um that is in the plans, but um it's looking like it's gonna be it's been a lot of a lot of craziness in my personal life in the past year that has changed a lot of the plans I had. So um for now co hosting is fine. I really enjoy it and I'm making good money doing it. Um, I think I sometimes think co-hosts might do better than people in rental arbitrage. Um, and we have a lot less risk. Um, so sure. for right now, that's the model that works for me. I would definitely like to buy, but only once it's wise to do so for me. How are you doing with finding the properties to co-host? Do you run like Facebook ads or do you just find the people? No, just networking. Honestly, okay. I'm, a, I'm a member of uh, something called BNI Business Networkers International. Um, it's a networking group and they have found. Three of my six houses and the other, some just, you know, word of mouth and getting my name out there. I haven't really paid for any advertising. Um, just people know what I'm doing. They'll tell people and that's just kind of how it's spreading. I do want to start doing some local seminars with people, um, and investors or especially people who are worried about the stock market now looking at a different way to invest. Um, I want to do some seminars to educate them on this opportunity, but yeah. I haven't honestly had the time. I've been so busy setting up the leads I do have, you know, and you can't kind of outgrow what you have. You know, I need to make sure I'm taking care of everything I have first before I, you know, push too hard for acceleration. Um, right. And then of course with COVID, everything is changing, but I do still have several people interested um, and later in the year, I've probably got three or four homes that are kind of pending. Two for sure. One investor that's going to buy soon. One investor that wants to buy. One person that's going to start in July. And another house that um, probably before the end of the year will start as well. So I've got a lot in the pipeline. And yeah, I just go from there. Tell me about your secret of getting 4.9 stars reviews. Some of the things, well, first of all, we always, I have a very comprehensive checklist of everything that needs to be in a listing. We're talking like five, six pages. Whoa. So we've, we've learned really well. Like that's like every kitchen implement that I feel like is necessary. Cause we don't want to like, like, for example, it's really easy to forget an ice cream scoop. People would really appreciate an ice cream scoop, <laughs> at least in the U.S. People love ice cream. Okay. Um, so things like that. Yeah. Um, we provide some snacks and water and soda. We provide like one water for each guest and then a couple of soda options. Half the time people don't drink them, but they always appreciate seeing it. So it's like a win-win. Um, and if they do drink them, then we switch them out. I provide a little snack basket um, for each guest. I yep. have um, a little welcome message on the fridge with all the rules. I have a huge 25-page guidebook to the area with everything you'd want to do. Um, with okay. hours of the places, the address, and how far away it is from everything. That took me 
like forever to develop that I put in all my properties. Another thing I have that's very easy and very cheap is I use these kind of extension cord things from Target that have like three plugs and then two USB ports on them. Yeah. And I put those and I take a Velcro, like a Velcro thing, and I Velcro those to the nightstands or to the wall next to the bed or to the end table where it's easy for people to plug their phone or computer in. So they don't oh, right. For an outlet. So I put like seven, eight of those in each house. So there's no hunting for outlets. I'm always thinking of where are they going to charge their phone? Where are they going to plug it in? So things like that. Um, what else do we do? We use white linens. We make sure they're very nice for them. We use makeup towels that are black. Um, when I have houses that allow dogs, I get some really ugly beach towels from Costco and yeah. I hang them next to the door or in a basket next to the door. And I have a cute little frame and it says, you know, these are dirty dog towels for dirty dog paws, dog messes or any big mess. And that saves my white linens and right. that makes them feel comfortable. If it rains, they can dry off their dog paws with dog houses. Sometimes I'll put in a dog bed or some dishes for their dog or little treats for their dog um, as well. So just all those little touches. Oh, and then we put um, York peppermint patties on each bed in a little dish as well. So all those little touches really make people feel like it's special and makes them feel like they're right at home. Okay. Nice. Thanks so much for sharing. It's nice to meet you. Yeah. Thank you. And have a nice day. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Into the Airbnb. I hope you enjoyed it. Information about the guest and guest listing are available in the description. To find out more about vacation rental data, visit airbtix.com. A-I-R-B-T-I-C-S dot com.